10.30? Or everybody showed up at 10.30? That's good. You know, I remember the story of this uh, young boy who visited his, uh, his grandpa and stayed for the weekend. And the grandpa took him to the church that Sunday. And when they were inside the church, they were walking on, down the hallway, and the little kid noticed those string, strings of names on the walls with clocks, you know. And the little boy asked, Grandpa, who are these people whose names are written on the wall? And Grandpa said, these are the people who died in the service. And the little boy's eyes was wide open. And he asked, which one, the 9.30 or the 11.30 service? <laughs> praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let's bow our heads and let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you and we praise you for this wonderful morning, Lord God, that you have given us. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that whenever we gathered here, Lord God, you are in this place. For you are faithful to your word. You said when there are two or three are gathered in your word, in their place, Lord God, you are there, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are in this place. And Father, we ask that you will have preeminence in our service, Lord God. And we will give you back all the glory, the honor, and the praises. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. You turn on your TV set, and most probably you'll be watching one of those reality TV shows. You know what I'm talking about. And there are so many of them out there. And then there's just about anything you can think of. There is a show that is about choosing wedding dresses. I think that's uh, Say Yes to the Dress. Or There's a show about making cakes, about cake boss or, or cupcakes. Then there's the bounty hunter, the dog, the bounty hunter. And then there's the one that uh, pretends he's a new hire. Uh, I think it's uh, called Undercover Boss, right? And there's the deadliest catch or fishermen's in uh, fishing for crabs in, in, uh, in Alaska somewhere. Then there's cops. Then there's something like uh, extreme couponing, uh, uh, collecting coupons. You know, Canada, then there's the Canada's worst handyman. There's the apprentice. Big brother. Survivor. Amazing race. Dirty jobs. I like that show. <laughs> Little people, big world. John and Kate plus eight. That was long gone. Billy the Exterminator. Fear Factor. I like that show, but not when I'm eating my dinner. <laughs> Hoarder. L.A. Inc. Or Miami Inc. 
19 and counting. Sisters, wives. The biggest loser. You know, some are good, some are not so good. Some will entertain you, some will inform you. And some, you will roll your eyes and say, why in heaven's world they allow that show on TV? So today, I would like to begin a series based on the titles of reality TV shows. And I titled this series, The Reality Christianity. I will not be preaching this series on a consecutive Sundays, but whenever I'm up here, and, doing, uh, and not doing a series with Pastor Allen, I'll continue on this series, The Reality Christianity. Remember this, real life begins when you enter into a relationship with the Almighty God, our Creator. Only then, real life begins. A Catholic priest, a Baptist minister, and a rabbi were discussing about the question, when does life begin? The Catholic priest said, life begins at conception. And the Baptist minister said, you are wrong. Life begins when you are born, the moment you are born. And the rabbi said, both of you are wrong. Life begins when the last child leaves home and the dog dies. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, real life begins when we enter into the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ. It is when we surrender our lives to Him. It is when we commit our lives to Him. It is when we submit our lives, our whole being, to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Then and only then, that life begins and have meaning. Because life apart from Jesus Christ is not life at all. Let me repeat that. Life apart from Jesus Christ is not life at all. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because there is no other name given among men where we might be saved. And it's only through the name of Jesus Christ, the sweetest name of all. The name of Einstein will open the gates of science. The name of Rockefeller will open the gates of finances. The name of Michelangelo will open the gates of arts. But the name of Jesus Christ will open the gates of heaven and shut the door of hell forever. Jesus, the name that is above every name. He is the living water. 
He is the bread of life. He is the one that wipes away your tears in the middle of the night. He is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And he, is, and he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, there are three sermons in this series. The Reality Christianity. The first is the biggest loser. Winning by losing. When Jesus called Matthew from his tax collector's booth and said, Come, follow me. Matthew stood up immediately and followed Jesus, leaving behind a very lucrative business that brings money hand over fist. When Jesus called Peter, he was tending his fishing business and said, Come, follow me, and I will make you a fishers of men. Peter turned his back on fishing and, only, and his only source of income and livelihood and followed Jesus. After Zacchaeus had dinner with Jesus, Zacchaeus immediately called a press conference and announced that he is giving half of his possessions to the poor, and if he defrauded anyone or anything, he is willing to pay back four times as much. And because he is willing to lose and to let go of his possessions, he was willing to forsake it. He was willing to walk away from it. He was willing to part ways from his possessions. Jesus announced to everybody and to Zacchaeus, Today, salvation has come to this house. There was one thing in common in these three people. They were willing to lose everything after they met Jesus. And I will explain that later, more about that later. The second in the series is the fear factor. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The point is, no fear, no wisdom. Your love for God will not stop you from sinning. It is the fear of the Lord that brings wisdom that will stop you from sinning. The fear of the Lord is not to be afraid of God. How can you have a sincere, loving, intimate relationship with God if you are afraid of Him? Psalms 103 and 11 says, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward those who fear Him. The fear factor. The third in the series is the amazing race. The Bible is full of images that help us to understand the Christian life. Christian life can be compared to running the race. And to run the race, we have to leave everything behind that will hinder us or anything that will slow us down. The amazing race is not a sprint. 
It is not a hundred meter dash. It's a marathon. It requires discipline. It requires diligence. It requires practice. It requires endurance, stamina, and patience. Yes, you need patience. If you find yourself in front of a microwave oven and screaming, hurry up! Yes, you need patience. If you become impatient making instant coffee, you need patience. Big time. And you will need amazing grace to finish this amazing race. So there you have it, folks, the three sermons of the Reality Christianity series. And today we begin the sermon, The Biggest Loser, Winning by Losing. One of the most popular TV shows, reality TV shows, for the past few years has been The Biggest Loser. I believe it's on its 11th season already. It is extremely popular. In fact, it is so popular that several other nations have developed their own version of the show. There's one broadcast in Arabian networks. Then there's, there are other ones in Australia, India, South Africa, Israel, Germany, the Philippines, and several other nations. So it's around the world. I have to admit that I, ha I and my family watch this. We like watching this show. Most of the episodes highlight every con contestant's lives, their challenges, and their struggles of being overweight, and their determination to fight back with great effort at all costs. During the season, contestants often lose 100 to 200 pounds. One man even lost a staggering 264 four pounds. But here's the thing. Listen. Whether they win the contest or not, all the contestants have found that losing all this weight makes them winners. So this TV show is about winning by losing. Today's message is not about losing weight, nor it's about a secret diet. But I know a secret diet. It's called garlic diet. You don't lose weight, but from a distance you look thin. <laughs> Let me drink my water first. But rather, this message is something we need to hear and be reminded of again and again. That there is a cost in following Jesus Christ. You cannot have the crown without the cross. I like what Theodore Roosevelt said, There has never yet been a man who led a life of ease whose name is worth remembering. 
Let's read our first scriptures. Mark 8, 34, 35. And says, And he called to him the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it. The next verse, Luke 14, 33, and it's in the Amplified Version. It says, So then, any of you who does not forsake, renounce, surrender, claim to, give up, say goodbye to all that he has, cannot be my disciple. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 to 8, Paul says, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Paul said that everything he has accomplished, everything that he has attained, even his background, his Jewish background, being a Pharisee, everything became rubbish to him. Rubbish, like other translations, it says dung, manure, feces. Everything that was in his gain column now is in the lost column. All throughout the Bible, all the New Testament, we can see this principle of winning by losing. Abraham left his hometown to go to the land unknown to him that God promised, leaving behind his parents' properties and the comfort of home. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Hannah gladly offered back his, her firstborn son Samuel back to the Lord. Mary gladly poured out her finest ointment upon the Lord even though she was accused of waste. When Jesus called Matthew from his tax collector's booth, he said, come, follow me. Matthew stood up immediately and left everything behind him. When Jesus called Peter, he was standing his fishing business. And he said, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He stood up and left everything everything behind his source of income his source of livelihood and followed Jesus Paul said for his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish 
in order that I may gain Christ. So winning by losing is more of about losing and giving up our own desires and making His desires our own. Giving up our plans for our lives and embrace God's plan, the plan He has for us since the beginning of time. Giving up and renouncing our rights to Him, surrendering our hopes and dreams and ambitions, and instead taking on the vision that He has given us. And even giving up our lives for His exclusive use, for His glory, and for His honor, that He might be known, revered, and adored. That we can say to ourselves, that He might increase, and that I might decrease. That means, as you surrender your lives to Him, you simply just fade and disappear into the background. And Jesus becomes more prominent in your life. Just like St. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ liveth in me. He becomes more important and you become less important. John 3.30 in the New Living Translation says, He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. That the way up is down. And to get the crown, you have to go to the cross. We are called to give up before we gain, and to lose before winning. There are three things that I want to point out this morning to become the biggest loser and win. It is by surrendering your life and mind to Jesus Christ. It is by committing everything to Him and it's by submitting to His Lordship. Surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. The word surrender means to give up something to another person. It also means to relinquish something granted to you. This could include your possessions, your goals, your power, even your life. Christians today hear much about the surrendered life, but what does it mean exactly? A surrendered life is the act of giving back to Jesus the life He granted you. A surrendered life is a life that relinquishes control and giving Him the steering wheel of your life for Him to control it. Surrendered life is allowing Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ to live inside you. Surrendered life is you running to Jesus when you sin, repenting and asking for forgiveness. A surrendered life is a life that will obey whatever God is telling you to do, no matter what the cost, even if it hurts. A surrendered life is a life that will always say no to the flesh. A surrendered life is a life that finds the world has no appeal to Him anymore. 
A surrendered life is a life that is always tuned in to God, listening to that small, still voice. A surrendered life is a life that puts God, God's will first and putting aside all of our self-interest. A surrendered life is a life that is totally abandoned and sold out to Jesus. God wants us to completely surrender to Him and allow Him to have control over every area or every aspect of our life. The, the more you control, the more control you allow God to have in your life, the greater your spiritual growth is going to be and the closer you will be to God. So every day surrender your life to Him, as Paul said. Romans 12.1 says, So brothers and sisters, I beg you to offer your lives as a living sacrifice. And the Word of God tells us over and over that we are to do this every day of our lives. Luke 9.23 says, Then He said to them all, If anyone wants to come to Me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And I'd like to uh, elaborate on that cross. That cross is not your mother-in-law. That is not your mother-in-law. Second is by committing everything to him. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brother and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Jesus always wanted to make it clear and transparent that he wants commitment from whoever wanted to follow him. That is why he did not give us a gospel that resembles a credit card agreement written in fine print. Jesus was asking for a commitment to Him that put everything and everyone else in a distant second place. If you and I want to follow Him now, we must make that kind of commitment too. When Julius Caesar landed in the shores of Britain with his Roman legions, he took a bold and decisive step to ensure the success of his military venture ordering his men to march to the edge of, edge of the cliffs of Dover, he commanded them to look down at the water below. To their amazement, they saw their ship in which they had crossed the channel engulfed in flames. Caesar had deliberately cut off any possibility of retreat. Now that the soldiers were unable to return to the continent, there was nothing left for them to do but to advance and conquer. And that is exactly what they did. It is a one-way trip. <clears throat> the third one is by submitting to His Lordship. When you say that Jesus is the Lord of your life, that means He is the ruler, the boss, the master, and He is the one sitting in the driver's seat of your life. 
He is not, he is not the God that we can manipulate at the end of the leash. He can do whatever He wants, when He wants, as long as He wants. He is the potter and we are the clay. We are His subject and that, is also, that also includes the whole church, the body, as subject to Him. Anybody who claims to be a Christian should live a moment by moment in faithful submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. If a Christian has settled the Lordship issue in his life, then all other issues in his life are also settled. When Jesus is the Lord of a person's life, he will fulfill his duties, obligations, and responsibilities with joy. I'm running out of time, and I'm going to cut it short, and I'd like to read a letter. A letter from a young pastor from Zimbabwe who was later martyred for his faith. And this is his letter, and I will read. He said, I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have the Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of His. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living. Sight walking, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, worldly talking, cheap giving, and dwarf goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plundits, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised regarded or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean on His presence, walk by patience. I am uplifted by prayer and labor with power. My face is set, my gate is past, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions are few, but my guide is reliable and my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of my enemy, pander in the pool of popularity, or minder in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, or let up until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, Preach up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I must keep going until He comes. Until I drop. Preach until all I know. All know. And work until He stops me. And when He comes for His own, He will have no problem recognizing me. My banner will be clear. 
Following Christ is not about joining church or going to a youth group activities or listening to Christian music. It is not about wearing Jesus t-shirts or Jesus bumper stickers. It's about being willing to put your life on the line for Him. The decision to follow Christ is radical, unequivocal, and unmistakable. Question is, how committed to Jesus are you? Will He recognize you when He returns? May you become the biggest loser for Jesus, losing it all for Jesus, giving up all for Jesus. If you do that, I will assure you, you are winner. Let's bow our heads and let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God. Lord, you are a good God. You are an awesome and mighty, powerful, majestic God. Lord, we bow down to you, Lord God, to your Lordship, Lord. Lord, thank you for your message, Lord God. Lord, may this message, Lord God, may not just remain, Lord God, in their minds, but Lord God, may they live this message, Lord God. Lord, may we learn how to submit to you. May we learn how to commit to you. And may we learn how to surrender our whole being to you, Lord God. Lord, we give you back all the glory, the honor, and the praises. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We are going to uh, thank you. First of all, let's just give